Hi, men. Welcome to the Noble Man Podcast, episode 63. You know, this is going to be another one of these podcasts where we're tag teaming the Tailgate Series and the Noble Man Podcast. You know, everybody loves a good combination like tortilla chips and salsa. Man, I just, I just love that. They go together just like the Noble Man Tailgate Series and the Noble Man Podcast. This week, we're bringing you a message that Pastor Joe Tanner from Parkway Baptist Church delivered at our Lynchburg tailgate. This was hosted by Clifford Baptist Church last spring. And Pastor Joe uses the analogy of shad fishing on the James River to ask the question, are you a man who's all in for Jesus? In Mark 4, Jesus takes the disciples out on a boat. Many stayed on the shore, but a few got in the boat with Jesus. And here's the question. Men, you'll be challenged in this message to consider where you are with Jesus. But there's a caveat here, guys. The audio just isn't great. We had a little trouble capturing this at the tailgate, but press in for a powerful message. I think you'll be blessed. This past weekend, I had a a great event happen in my life. Uh, I was a United States Marine, and my son, who was a Marine, was home. And that's a real special thing. And Saturday morning, I hooked up the boat, and uh, we hopped in the truck, and we drove to the James River right in downtown Richmond. And does anybody know what happens this time of the year on the James River in downtown Richmond? Shad, I heard them right there. The Shad Run happens in downtown Richmond. You're sitting there in the James River in a boat underneath Interstate 95, the 14th Street Bridge, the train bridge, you got the, the canal walk, you got the sky rises, and you're sitting in the river, and I promise you I've had 200 fish on the boat in a day down there. Does that sound fun? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to be in that river fishing. It's a lot of fun to be out there and, and, and seeing. Sometimes it felt like you could walk across the water. There's so many boats out there. There's guys on the shore fishing shoulder to shoulder. But, but one thing that I love about fishing and one thing I love about the Lord, and I just want you to know something. I, I'm not one of those fancy fishermen. My camouflage doesn't match the top to the bottom. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what rod I have in my hand. I really don't care. I want to catch fish. Okay? I want to beat that little sucker at his own game. And I, I will, I, I mean, honestly, I was in Afghanistan and we went to go fishing with RPGs. Okay? I, I want to catch fish. Okay? And so I, I, I was sitting there at the end of this day and I'm tired and I hadn't eaten anything and I hadn't drank anything because I was fishing. It's not restful. And, and I looked up and I looked around and I watched around. And, and you know what I love about the Lord is he speaks to us all the time. Sometimes we listen. And he gave me a message for us tonight. I, I think fishing the shad run on the James River is a whole lot like the Christian life. There, there's, there's a call on our lives to be fishers of men. There's a call on our lives to be in the boat, in the middle of the river, in the current with Jesus. And I think there's a lot of things going on around that kingdom and around that call that aren't taking place. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus has just preached to thousands of people and he's had a conversation with disciples and he's preached a little more and it's nighttime, it's dark. And he says, hey guys, come get in my boat and sail out into the dark sea with me. And you know what? Thousands had heard him that day. Thousands had experienced Jesus that day, and thousands that day stayed on the shore. And a very few got in the boats with him and sailed out into the dark sea. You see, I really believe the Lord wants more out of us. I believe the Lord wants all of us. I don't think he wants part of you. I think he wants 
every bit of every fiber that we are. Now, now the reality of that is, is you and I are sinners, and we need God's grace to save us, and we also need God's grace to sanctify us, to make us all in like that. Now, this Shad River event is quite interesting because it happens right underneath the 95 Bridge. And there are millions of people every week that drive over the Interstate 95 Bridge, and you know what? They never know what's going on in the river below them. Some of them don't even know there's a river below them, and that's a lot like the kingdom of God. There are millions of people flying by the church, flying by Christianity, flying by the message of God that never look around and never even know that who Jesus is, that, that he has an exciting, vibrant, fun, amazing life for us now and eternally, but they're just going about the rat race of life. Another kind of people I see on the shed run, and I'm sitting in the boat and I'm looking out and there's this canal walk and people are walking. I saw a woman in a wedding dress there Saturday. I don't know why. I would not get married and go there, but she's walking down the side of the wall, the river, in a wedding dress. There's people on the other side of the building in Shaco Bottom. That's a pretty rough place, guys. There's a place where people are homeless. It's a place where there's people that need great needs right there. And, and, and these people walking by sometimes look at the river and look at the boats and look at the people out and they go, huh, that's interesting. But they don't come down and get in the river and fish. Then there's people that work in those high-rise, high-rent district buildings right there. You know what I'm talking about? When you drive across Interstate 95 right there and you look up, those are, those are high-dollar buildings, friends. Those are big money, big company businesses, and there are folks that are around the James River but never take the time to go get in the James River. I literally had a friend email me like two weeks ago. I haven't heard from the guy in like three years. He knows I'm back in the States now, and he goes, hey, are the shad biting? And, of course, I know the shatterbiting because I've been down there three or four times. I said, yeah, the shatterbiting. I want to go. But he lives and works in one of those buildings down there, and he still hasn't been on the river with me. And then there's these folks that we call fishermen. These guys that are down there fishing. But all fishermen aren't the same. I think these are the kind of folks that are like Christians. Okay? I'm going to compare those to Christians. There's, there's different kinds of fishermen. Right? I told you what kind I am. I'm crazy. All right, I promise you, I'm crazy. I went with a guide fishing one time, and about two o'clock in the afternoon, he's like, "Do you eat?" No, I don't eat. I'm 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 paying you to put me on fish. You're not eating either. Let's keep fishing, right? That's the kind of fisherman I am. Okay, but there's all kinds of fishermen down there on the shad run. The, the, the first ones are the guys on the shore. All right, they've heard about it, and they're like, "Huh, it's kind of interesting." Maybe they walked by and saw it, and they walk down there and they're fishing. And some of them are really serious. They're, they're fishing, and they're going at it. And their bodies are facing the river where they're literally, I'm not kidding you, there's sometimes three to 500 boats down there in this, this half-mile, half-square-mile little area of river. And some of them, though, are, are, have been fishing a long time. And they got, where's that chair? Let me get that chair. Since my brother sat in it, I'm going to sit in it, too. They, they got that chair. But it's a bucket. It ain't no chair. Because you can't fish off a chair. You got a bucket, right? right? And they're sitting in the bucket, and they got the line in the water. You know what? They don't care a lick about catching a fish. Any of y'all fish like that now? <laughs> That's called catfishing to me. I don't really care if I catch a big old stinky, nasty catfish anymore, but I'll go out there and sit. I might not even have bait on the line, but I'll go out there and sit and fish. And I think there's a lot of folks in the kingdom of God and the church right now that are like that. Yeah, I'm fishing. I got the right hat. 
I got the right clothes. I got the right look. I got the right church. I, I got the right, you know, Noble Warriors t-shirt on. But they got a line with nothing on it in the water. But let me tell you where it's at in the James River. Let me tell you right now, if, if you leave here tonight, you drive there tomorrow morning and you go fish, take a boat with you. Because if you get in a boat and you travel up that river right underneath that Interstate 95 bridge and you put an anchor out and you go crazy after fishing, I promise there are fish to be caught in the middle of the river. Those are the Christians that are all in. Those are the ones that are sold out. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he looked out and he, he had started his ministry. He was growing in his ministry. He'd been tempted by Satan for 40 days. He had been baptized by John. And he's walking by this Sea of Galilee and he starts making this call on people's lives that he's still calling today. He looks out, he sees these guys in a boat, and it's Peter, and it's a guy named Andrew, and he says, hey, you fishermen, follow me, and I will make you what? Fishers, fishers of men. You guys heard that story before? Amen. I will make you fishers of men. That's the first of seven times that we could put together that he makes this call. It's not just to, to this one kind of guy. It's not just to fishermen. It's to anybody. It's not just to those 12 disciples. Sometimes it's to people who aren't his disciples. But this call we find in, in Matthew 4.18 is the first one. And it says that those men, Peter and Andrew, left their boats, left their nets, left their dad, and did what? They followed Jesus. They went where Jesus wanted them to go. They did what Jesus wanted them to do. They left the world behind. They were no longer in the high-rise building going, hey, there's the James River down there. I'm not going and getting in it. They weren't walking by the side of it anymore. They weren't sitting on the bucket anymore. They got in the boat and followed Jesus. Pretty amazing. The next time it happens, so the first time was in Matthew 4.18. The next time it happens, a little bit later on, in Matthew 8.11, it gets a little more serious. It says, Jesus said to this next guy, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Now, if I just take that in context right there, you go, that sounds pretty weird. This guy had been listening to Jesus all day talk. He, he had been around Jesus. He had been around the disciples. This guy's even seen miracles take place. And he's like, hey, man, I'll follow you, Jesus. And Jesus goes, will you? Will you really follow me? He said, then let the dead bury the dead. Hey, you're worried about what the world has to offer you. You're worried about what you can inherit in front of you. You're worried about your status. You're worried about these things of the world that are going to pass away. Let that stuff bury itself and come follow me. You see, I think that this is a pretty big deal for you and I as men in our lives today. There's, there's things that are holding on to us that we don't want to let go of. We know good and well, because most of you said you had heard of these stories before, that the Lord wants us to follow him, that God has a plan for our lives, that God has a direction for us. And, and a lot of us are saying, Lord, I want to follow you. And he's saying, well, let the dead bury the dead. Stop making excuses. Stop holding on to this, this worldly weight that you're dragging around with you and follow me. I've got a life for you. I've got something better for you. I've got purpose for you. 
I've got fish for you to catch. I've got souls for you to see saved. I've got treasures for you to lay up for yourself in heaven, not this garbage on earth that's going to rust away and be eaten by moths. The next time this happens is in Matthew 9, 9. And Jesus passed by from there, and he saw a man named Matthew sitting on a tax collector's booth. And he said to him, follow me. And guess what Matthew did? He got up and he followed. Now this Matthew guy, he's got everything the world has to offer. This Matthew guy, he's set for life, man. He's got the house. He's got the fancy camel. He's got the jacked up truck camel, you know, or the fancy Mercedes camel. I don't know which side you lean to, so I'm trying to identify with you here. He's got the best of everything out there. And he says, Jesus is worth more than all this stuff. He gets up and walks away. What is, what is holding you back? What is keeping you from moving forward? Matthew 19, 21, the next following me calls says, Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell your possessions. He's talking to another guy that says, Jesus, man, I'm your man. I'm your boy. I'll follow you. I'm with you, Jesus. He says, you really want to follow me? Go sell your possessions and give them to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come follow after me. I want you to know that Jesus never says this in an angry way. Jesus never says this in a hateful way. Jesus never says this in a way that shames you. Jesus says this in a loving way. Jesus says this in a kind way. Jesus says this in an inviting way. But he does say it in a definitive way. Yeah. And listen, he wants you so much that he died for you. And he died for you and showed his love for you and sacrificed in his life for you. And he wants you to do this. He wants you to love him in return with the same kind of vigor, same kind of sacrifice, and same kind of commitment. Not partial, but all. So he says, hey man, go sell your possessions. Do you know what? This guy wasn't like Matthew. He walked away sorrowful. He walked away sorrowful from the Lord. The next one is in Matthew 10, 37. He says, whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I want to pause on this for a second because I believe there's an idol in the church today called your family. Now listen, I am not telling you to be a deadbeat dad. I'm not telling you not to love your wife. I'm telling you that you can't use your wife and your kids as an excuse for not serving the Lord. I'm telling you that, that as a godly man, it is your life, it is your responsibility to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That is your first and greatest commandment, right? Amen. Not your wife first. Not your kids first. There's child worship going on in our culture today. There's grandchild worship going on in our culture today. Where people say, well, I can't do that because i got to take care of little Johnny. Take little Johnny with you and go do it. Amen. And disciple him and love him and lead him and let the Lord take you and Johnny on an amazing adventure in his river. I'm not telling you it's safe. 
It's not safe to take your family to the other side of the world. Guess what? It's not safe to take your family next door. <coughs> Guess what? It's not safe to take your family to your neighbor's house, right? Where is safe? Safe is home in heaven, friends. That's where safe is. We have an idol of safety in our culture. We have an idol of saying, well, I need to be safe. Safe is in the grasp of God's grace. And when we're there, there is comfort and there is joy and there is peace, even in the hardships and the trials and the sufferings and the pain. And Jesus goes on here and he says, whoever does not take up his cross and follow me, whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Here, Jesus is called, I'll couple it with Matthew 16, 24. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. This is where Jesus is, is done playing games. This is where Jesus has appealed to us in gentle ways, where he's appealed to us in, in, in kindness, where he's appealed to us with reason, where he's appealed to us with the reality that possessions really aren't that big of a deal, where he's appealed to us with the positions are not really that big of a deal, to, to let all of these things go. And now he's saying, hey, listen, friend, you're not listening. I want all of you. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. And everyone who heard those words that day knew exactly what Jesus meant. They knew exactly that they meant lay down your life, lay down your pride, lay down your honor, be stripped of all of that before the world because I am so valuable to you. And you would do it. And you would say, God is so valuable. It's not my life anymore, it's his. Let me tell you about Jesus. What an amazing call on our lives, brothers. Brothers, on your life, on my life. The word called sometimes really bothers me. I've been called to be a pastor. I was called to be a youth pastor. I was called to be a church planner. I was called to be a missionary. Friends, I don't believe I was called to do any of that. I believe I was called to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow Jesus just like you were. There's nothing special about me. It bothers me when someone says that, that, that missionaries are my heroes. We're all missionaries, friends. We're all heroes. God has called us to leave behind the snares and the weight that so easily ensnare us and tangle us and destroy us and choke the life out of us. Friends, what is Jesus kindly, lovingly calling you to do? The last time we hear the words, follow me, in scripture out of Jesus's mouth or in the end of John and it's a really special occasion you guys remember the first guy he called to follow me remember what his name was Peter remember Peter Peter and Andrew they're in the boats and he says follow me and I will do what I'll make you fishers of men you know he, he tells Peter one more time follow me 
You know, Peter followed Jesus, right? He, he got out of dad's boat and got in Jesus's boat and started going with him. He got in the middle of the torrent. He got in the middle of the current. He got in the middle of the river with Jesus. And man, can you imagine seeing some of the things Peter saw? Can you imagine seeing Jesus Christ transformed before your eyes to where he's like, I don't even know what to do with this. Let's build some tents. You guys want some tents? Let's build some tents. Right? I mean, he doesn't know what to do sometimes. He, he, Peter, right? The guy who gets out and sees Jesus walking on the water and goes, everybody else is freaking out. And Peter goes, no, 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 no. That's Jesus. He goes, is that you, Jesus? Yes, me. And Peter walks on water. This guy's faithfully followed Jesus, right? This guy's seen a catch of fish so big that it's breaking his nets. This guy has seen people healed. He's seen, he's seen Lazarus raised from the dead. I mean, now he's seen Christ raised from the dead. But don't think that Peter was perfect, was he? We aren't perfect. Who's made mistakes in here? But this is what I love about this last follow me call. Peter, who has denied Jesus Christ three times. Peter, who fell asleep on Jesus in his most desperate moment where he said, hey, watch with me and pray with me. Fell asleep on him. Peter, who at one point had such little faith that Jesus said, you are like Satan. Get behind me. This guy had made mistakes. This guy had followed Jesus, though. And in this last final call, this last reach out to Peter, in this last call to him, he, he gets Peter with him. He's restored Peter. He's in a right relationship with Peter. And he goes, Peter, do you love me? Peter goes, yeah, you, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, Peter, do you really love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Tend my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Third time, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. He says, Peter, I, I know that you've been with me. I know you're following. So I know, I know you've denied me. But my work is not done with you, just like his work is not done with you here tonight. And then he tells Peter these words. He tells Peter these words. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, when you are old, when you mature, you will stretch out your hands. And another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And this he said to him to show him by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, hear these words, friends. And after saying this, he said, follow me. Can you imagine what went on in Peter's mind right then? Peter just went through a history lesson of three years of follow me's. We probably know that Jesus said, follow me a lot more times than this. But Peter went back to the first time Jesus was sitting there and he had this huge catch of fish. And Jesus said, hey, leave all this behind and follow me. And Peter did. He thinks back to when Matthew, the tax collector, was called and he followed him. He thinks back to the guy who said, he says, go sell your possessions. And he wouldn't. He thinks back to the guy that he said, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. And they wouldn't. He thinks back to all of these things. And then he goes, what it means to follow Jesus. 
is to stretch out my hands. That when I was young and, and when I was this immature in Christianity, over three years of growth, over three years of new life, now I'm maturing. Now I'm with Jesus. I've made mistakes. I'll probably make more mistakes. But, but now I see that it means to, to, to stretch out my hands and go not where I want to go. Nobody wants this. Jesus didn't want to die on the cross. Jesus didn't want to take on the sins of the world, but he did, didn't he? Yeah. Nobody runs into the fire, friends, unless it's to save somebody. And then we run hard, and we stretch out our hands, and we go where we don't want to go. But here's the beautiful thing about these words. Of course, these words reference Peter's going to die being crucified. Of course, these words reference that, that he's going to deny himself and take up his cross and follow him, just like the Lord wants us to. But these are also the same words. These are also the same Jewish words, the same words that, that a, a, a child would be expressed as reaching out their arms to a loving father. Stretch out your hands are the same thing that you would tell a child, hey, come here, I got you. Take that step. I got you. And so at the same time, brothers, that, that we're stretching out our hands, saying, Lord, I surrender all. Lord, I, I, I'm done with that sin. I'm done with that selfishness. I'm done with that pornography. I'm done with that vomit. I'm done with this beast anger that keeps raging up inside of me. I, I'm done with this filth that comes out of my mouth. I'm done with the hatred towards this person or that person or that race or that politician or, or this color person or that color person. I'm done with it. At the same time we say, I'm surrendering, Lord, we're saying, Lord, help me. Take me. I can't do this by myself. See, brothers, God loves us so much that he showed it to us. And that while you and I are still filthy, nasty dog sinners, Christ died for us. Christ did this. And listen, because Christ loves you, he doesn't want you to stay where you're at. Now, I, I think there's a lot of kind of guys here tonight. I don't think any of you are on Interstate 95 blasting past the James. Because you're here. But I think some of you here tonight might be might be looking at church. You might be looking at Christianity from the, the sidewalk up away from the river and going, hey, hey, maybe I ought to get involved in that. Let me tell you something you'll never regret it. Follow Jesus. I think, though, listen, I think this is the problem with men in America right now. And I think this is the problem with America right now. I think a lot of our, our church men are sitting on the bucket. And they're not fishing. You got the right clothes. You got the right hat. You got the right noble warrior's t-shirt. But you don't have the right heart. You don't have a surrendered heart. Listen, 1 to 20 is the amount of ratio of fish being caught on the shore to in the boat, friends, on the Shadrach. If not 1 to 30. Don't sit on the shore. You know, one, one day I was out in the shad run, and I'm not kidding you. There was a guy who wanted to be out there so bad, he was in, a, he was in an interview with some flippers. <laughs> I promise you before God, 
the guys in an inner, inner tube with flippers. That's right, man. Hardcore. Hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out too well for him. <laughs> you know why I like fishing with my son? He's dedicated. I want to be in the boat with other dedicated men. Lock your arms up with each other and follow Jesus. Lord, I know I've probably taken more time than I have. That's why I stepped in front of the clock. <laughs> But Lord, I believe that you have something here for us tonight. Lord, I believe there's some bucket sitters that are sick of sitting on the bucket. Father, we didn't start following you to stay on the shore. We want to get in the water. Father, let us deny ourselves. Take up our cross. And with open arms running towards you, who will catch us, follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, men, here's the challenge. Where are you with Jesus? On the bridge? In a high-rise building? On the shore? Or in a boat? Pressing in for the real mission that Jesus has marked out for you. Are you in the river with Jesus? There are fish to be caught in a boat in the middle of the James River. There are men to be caught for Jesus when you're all in for his mission. Check out our show notes for references as well as link to Pastor Joe's church. Men, if you were blessed by this message, would you share it with someone? It would be a blessing to us if you would take time to give us a review and a rating on your podcast service. We'll look forward to catching you next time on the Noble Man Podcast. God bless you.